0: Here we are, another week gone by, finally Friday. I'm Josh Raymond, glad to have you along here on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, helping you to hopefully look at some of those different aspects of your spiritual journey, your spiritual life, and how God might be speaking to you. And we do that every day here with the help of different spiritual directors, different priests that give an hour of their time to help you Help me, of course, too. I'm along on the journey with you there. Uh, Help us to understand what God might be speaking to us, what he might be saying to us. Now, there are certain things you might think that you know where you've heard some little bit of information or maybe you've heard a phrase or a thought, heard it many times in your life. But then when you're put on the spot, you don't know maybe as much as you thought you originally did. Last night around our dinner table, we were eating, conversation was progressing normally, and as you know, one part of conversation led to another, Uh, along with my wife, Belen, and our kids, my brother, Seth, he was there having dinner with us, and Seth, as the conversation moved along, at one point he told about how when he was a child in elementary school, one of the moms of one of his classmates came into the classroom to show a number of venomous creatures. Just an educational kind of thing. And apparently this woman had caught all of these different animals and bugs on her own. And Seth, he said, that among the many things that she showed the class, the ones he remembered specifically, a tarantula, a rattlesnake, and a black widow spider. And I asked, were any of them alive? And he said, oh, yeah, they were all alive. And so there around the table, he has the attention of all of us. And he said everything was in some sort of case or container, or, you know, to keep everybody there in the classroom safe. But when the woman, this mom, she showed the class of kids this black widow spider, she reached into her purse and just pulled out this small little bottle that contained that poisonous spider. And Seth, he said, I, I just couldn't imagine walking around so casually with a spider like that just on your person. But I said, I would have been more concerned about the live rattlesnake. That was far more deadly than the Black Widow. And Seth said, no, I think the Black Widow is the more dangerous of the two. And we both kind of found ourselves there at this little bit of a standoff of, wait, I thought it was the rattlesnake. No, I thought it was the Black Widow. So then Balen, she pulls out her phone, looks up on the spot and finds out which is the most venomous, which is the most deadly. What do you think? Which one is it? A rattlesnake, a bite from a rattlesnake, or a bite from a black widow spider? Well, we ended up learning from various zoo websites and different science websites that the black widow's venom, it's reported to be up to 15 times stronger than the venom of a rattlesnake. I had no idea. 15 times stronger. But, however, because a black widow spider delivers significantly less venom in a bite than that of a rattlesnake, it very rarely leads to death. Typically, it's only the very young or the very old that are at any serious risk from a black widow's bite. And even though a rattlesnake delivers far more venom in its bite, it's estimated that less than 2% of all rattlesnake bites result in death here in the U.S. Less than 10 people a year die from any sort of rattlesnake snake bite here in the U.S., and it's usually when somebody doesn't seek treatment after having that snake bite them. So both Seth and I, we both had this general idea of what we were talking about, but we weren't quite right in all of the details. Seth, he thought it was the Black Widow, I thought it was the rattlesnake that was the more deadly, and don't get me wrong, if I ever happen to come across either one, the snake or the spider, just going about my way... I'm going to keep my distance, and I'm probably going to put even more distance between me and the snake or the spider. But I think what happened to Seth and I, that happens to all of us, where we have this vague or this general idea of something we've heard about, but then when we're really pressed on the specifics, we might find ourselves a bit unsure. I think this is what it is, but uh, maybe I don't have all of it. And that happens regularly in our understanding of spiritual things as well. Of course, we're never going to be able to understand everything about the faith. We're finite beings, and God is infinite after all. But God has given us so much. We have so much that's been revealed through sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And we all have a brain, and we all have that capacity to learn and understand what God has revealed about himself as he calls us to be in relationship with him. So today we want to look at one of those phrases Something that we might have heard again and again, and we feel like we have that bit of understanding, but when we really stop to think about it, there could be a lot more that we have to learn. In this hour we want to talk about living in Christ, being in Christ, remaining in Christ. That idea of in Christ. And joining us for the hour is our spiritual director, Father Ethan Southard, is back with us again. Father Ethan is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, the pastor of Saint John Yude's Church in Chatsworth, California. Father Ethan, welcome back to the Inner Life today.
2: Hi, thank you, Josh. Um, <clears throat> it's great to be with you all, and it's great to hear that story uh, with Belen and Seth and you, um, and you know um, how we think we know things. It just it struck me. Uh, I remember going on a retreat a, a few years ago with a group of eighth graders. And the eighth graders had uh, this this retreat out in a, a retreat center out in the wilderness, and in the middle of their retreat, uh, there was kind of this uh, crazy character <laughs> who was, who came in to visit and do a little presentation, and he had a tarantula, and so he let the tarantula climb all over him, and then it started to climb up over his face, and we were all terrified. And then he invited us to hold the tarantula. And so I was kind of one of the the older ones. This was actually when I was in the seminary, so I was on an internship. And so I, I thought, well, if, if they're going to do it, they're being invited. I should probably go first. So I let the tarantula crawl on, on my hand, and then it crawled up, and it went over my face too. <laughs> but it turns out it looks scary. It looks really, really scary. It's hairy. And um, but it's less poisonous than a, a bumblebee, and so yeah, it is no, and I, I've heard that too. Venom is yeah, it's really very mild. So it's just, it kind of goes back to you know the rattlesnake and the black widow, like you were sharing. You know, we get these images or these ideas, but um, but as as we're being drawn in, um, you know, we may not have the full picture, or maybe we have an, an idea or an understanding or a perception of how things are. Um, but maybe that's not the fullness, and so just right. you know the the topic for living in Christ today, um, you know maybe we have an idea of what it means to to live in Christ or to be good. You know we want to be good, but maybe God is just inviting us into a deeper understanding of you know Jesus says uh, in Mark, he says it a few times in the Gospels, Mark ten eighteen and and Luke eighteen nineteen. He says no one is good but God. No one is good. God alone is good. And so if, if we're trying to be good, and it's us trying to be good, if, it, if it's us trying to be godly, then it's probably more of us and less of God. And so that's the big uh, invitation, or that's the big movement, is just to simply let God be good, let Christ live within us, instead of us trying to, to, uh, to, be, to be Christ.
0: Well, and as you're talking about that, you know, that none of us are good, we also have to wrestle then with things that we read other places in Scripture, like where St. John, in his first letter in the New Testament, he says, You know, we walk in the light, we walk with Christ, but if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves. But if we have sin, we are not in fellowship with God. So there's this kind of back and forth that we see, you know, we have to struggle to be righteous as our Heavenly Father is righteous, but then also acknowledging on our own we can't do it. And we're going to look a lot at, uh, especially the writings of St. Paul today, especially in what he says to the church at Ephesus about being united in Christ, finding our ultimate fulfillment in Christ. But before we dive maybe into some of those specifics of what Paul says to the church in Ephesus, um, can can you maybe go a little bit deeper on that? You know, that as you're saying, it's it's not simply that we do it on our own. Being in Christ, it's not only a part also of who we are. It can't just be uh, compartmentalized. It has to become everything for us right it's everything and
2: and that wrestling um, you're 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 right on it josh there's we We can recognize that things are off, we recognize that there is sin, and so we strive um you know for something better. We know that there's got to be something better when we see sin and pain and suffering all around us and so um Paul writes to the Philippians, and this is. Um, in in Philippians 2, 12, and 13. And so in chapter 12, he starts off, he says, So then, my beloved, obedient as you have always been, not only when I am present, but all the more, now when I am absent, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so here is St. Paul himself saying, You've got to work out the salvation. Do it with fear and trembling. You've got to work it out, not just when I'm with you, but even more now when I'm away. Don't forget it. So it seems like we're getting that, that charge. We're being told by St. Paul, work out your salvation. So that kind of gets the energy going. Okay, let's go be good. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Slow down. So on the very next verse, verse 13, Paul continues, and this is the heart of it all. He says, for God is the one who, for his good purpose, works in you both to desire and to work. So for God is the one. God is the one. It's his good purpose. God works in you both to even have the desire to do good, to even notice that things aren't right, and to desire something better. And it's God who works in you to actually accomplish that work. We can't do it on our own. Mm. So that, you know, that reminds—if we start from there, then I think everything else opens up.
0: Yeah, it, it reminds me of even uh, at one point, reading about C.S. Lewis describing the way that the whole, uh, the the whole of the Holy Trinity works in our lives. Um, And he talks about it in regards to prayer. He says that God is the one we're praying to, primarily the Father. And Mm -hmm. if we're praying to the Father, the only way that we can communicate to the Father is through the Son. But then Mm -hmm. it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the desire and prompts us and says, Mm -hmm. this is what you want. You want to be in relationship with me. You want to communicate with me. And I will help you when you don't have the words to say, when you uh, aren't sure how to approach in prayer. I'll be the one to help you and guide you. And even even step in and give those groanings, those utterances Mm -hmm. that you might not have on your own. You might not realize what you need to say. I'll give it to you. It also reminds me of um, in Galatians, uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians. He talks about, Mm -hmm. I have been crucified with Christ, yet it's not me who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. So, I'm doing things, but I allow Christ to work through me. Um, that I, I'm giving over that control. That a lot of this comes down to surrender. I guess is you know kind of this theme that we're hearing in all these different parts that we're talking about. Whether it's uh, you know one of Paul's letters, whether it's that example of uh, C.S. Lewis, we have to be willing to give over that control. We have to be willing to say, "All right." I am crucified with you, Jesus, and you do what you need to do through me, and I will give up control of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And
2: everything about us resists that. <laughs> so it's the surrender, but, and this is the hard part, because I, there, there's that, uh, the ego, or w- whatever you want to call that, the, that selfish part of us, you know, and it goes all the way back to original sin, Um where instead of receiving, you know, God was offering eternal life. The tree of life was in the garden. God was offering Mm -hmm. that to Adam and Eve. He says, you can eat of anything. Right in the center of the garden was the tree of life, eternal life, right there. And God was offering it. And all they had to do was receive it. Instead, they reached and they took from the forbidden fruit. The one thing they couldn't do, the one thing they can't do is, re- the one thing we can't do is reach, is to take it into control. So if, if we start to take our salvation in our control, if we reach for it, if we do it, even surrender, if we surrender, then it's, <laughs> we're chasing our, our tail. We're surrendering. No, I'm going to surrender. I will surrender. I will do it. Well, we haven't surrendered yet. So we're, so we're like, it's a never-ending cycle. I will surrender now. I will do it. But it's still you right in the middle. And so it, it comes down to the humility and, you know, even humiliation, the humiliation of the cross where, you know, we can't do it. We can't achieve our salvation. And so let it be done unto me. Let it be done unto me. Well, how's it going to work? What's it going to look like? Let me take control. Hold on. Let it be done unto me. And, and you know, that goes right back to Ephesians and that goes back to Colossians where Paul is, is talking about that again, that we have been in Christ from before the foundation of the world. That, you know, in, in the readings, you know, just recently, you know, we heard even in, in Jeremiah, going back to the Old Testament, you know, that Um, before we were formed in our mother's womb, that God knew us. So we have always been in Christ, but it's a mystery being revealed. What does that mean? Well, we can't reveal the mystery. God alone can do that. So we just, there comes a, a point where we have to let go and surrender, but then it's even more than us surrendering. God has to do
0: it because we really can't surrender. Okay, so we've got a lot to jump into here on this. (laughs) We need to surrender, but we can't surrender because it needs to be God doing it through us. All right, we're, we're going to have an interesting conversation coming up here in just a moment, uh, trying to say, how can we do this? But I shouldn't be the one trying to do it on my own, but I need to do it, but I can't do it. So we'll continue this conversation. I also want to invite your phone calls in as we're talking with Father Ethan Southard. He is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. Father Ethan is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and talking about how we can live in Christ, how we can exercise that surrender, give over. Control to God and recognize that it is God that is everything. It's Christ that's everything for us uh, when we live in Him. How have you been able to move forward in that direction in your own life? Letting go of your selfishness, your desires, your pride. And how has letting go of those things allowed you, uh, the the surrender that you've experienced there, how has it allowed Christ to live through you? How has it opened you up to a life that is richer, more full of blessings than maybe you'd experienced before? Or maybe as we're talking, you've got some questions you'd like to ask Father Ethan. You can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. The email address is relevantradio.com. Stay tuned. More to come right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Today, here on this Friday, I'm Josh Raymond. So glad to have you with us as we're talking today with Father Ethan Southard, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, pastor of St. John Eudes Church in Chatsworth, California, about how we live in Christ, how we have our being in Christ. And so much of that, (laughs) in fact, all of it, It relies upon God working in us, the things that we think we have to do, we have to give over surrender, and we find ourselves kind of in this, almost sounds like a paradox maybe, a bit of a catch-22, and trying to understand how we can live that out, delving into that mystery of our faith, and also welcoming your phone calls at 888-914-9149. How have you been able to live out that surrender? How have you been able to give over that control to God in your life so that you are able to experience the life he wants for you? How have you been able to let go of the pride or the selfishness, the different things you want in your life and say, God, no, I want what you want and I'm going to give you that, that control in my life? Has it turned around to where God said, well, I'm so glad you gave me control, and in fact I want to give you the things that you wanted in the first place? If maybe you have that question about what we're talking about, you can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And I think that does happen a lot of times where we end up saying, God, I want this, but it seems like you're calling me to something else. And so I'm going to just step back and let you be the one in control here and I'll just follow your lead. And a lot of times when we look back, you know, the hindsight is 2020 20 kind of uh, thing that, that happens to most of us. We might look and say, wow, where I would have chosen this path to get what I wanted, God took me on this completely different path and he gave me even more than I originally would have had if I would have chosen my own way, God gave me so much more in my life and I, I'm so, so much happier. I, I just I recognize the blessings that God has given me because I said, okay, not my will, but your will, God. And he, you know, Jesus talks about that. If you as a parent, you want to give your child good things, good gifts, how much more does your Father in Heaven want to give you good things, good gifts, good blessings when you ask Him, and we just have to give over that control, Father. Mm. And, and that,
2: that is a paradox, uh, Josh, you know, where we, you know, we want to give over the control just like we were talking about, but then we're chasing our tails and we can't surrender. We want to surrender. We can't surrender. And, but then we get to a point, I, I think if you could imagine a dog chasing its tail, and it, it keeps thinking, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, I've almost got it, I've almost got it. Well, if it keeps going, eventually it's going to get tired and it's going to fall over <laughs> it says ah, i can't keep this up and god is waiting for that point in in us when we get exhausted and we just give up and we can't do it anymore we just say i'm 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 done i, I can't do it and we're we're out of it and that's the whole point um, paul i know we want to go into ephesians but i'm just reminded as, as we're sharing here paul writes in a second letter to corinthians in, in chapter 4, verse 10, he says that he bears continually in his flesh the dying of Christ. So it's the, it's the dying of Christ within him. It's not even, um, it's not Paul doing it. It's, it's Christ dying within him. And so once we bear continually, we bear that cross continually that we can't do it. That the cross is not our victory, that Christ is the one actually who went to the cross. And, you know, he was put on the cross. There, There is that surrender even within Jesus where he surrendered, and this was done to him. And so even Jesus, you know, he didn't, it wasn't what he was wanting in a deeper way. God, you know, the Spirit was moving through Jesus. But he had to say, not my will, but your will be done. And so he was lifted up on that cross. And so that was being done unto Jesus. And so it's not that we're able to go do these things, but somehow, mysteriously, in God's plan of salvation, we bear that cross of Christ within our flesh, the dying of Christ within us, that we can't do it. And everything about us wants to. We just, we just in Mark uh, chapter 10, verse 18 you know there's this uh the image of of the rich young man and so he comes up um you know he kneels before uh Jesus he says good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life and Jesus answers him he says why do you call me good no one is good but god alone and then they go through that exchange you know the commandments and then you know the the guy says Oh, teacher, all of these I've done. I've done them since my youth. And Jesus looks at him and he loves him. (laughs) And he just says, You're lacking one thing. You're lacking one thing. And so, you know, Jesus continues to his disciples. He says, How hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples are amazed and they, they get excited. And, you know, what must, he says, You know, then who can be saved? And Jesus says, for human beings, it's impossible, but not Um, for God. All things are possible for God. So again, it's it's letting God be the one to save us.
0: Well, and, and with that example you're talking about, the problem there for that young man is the attachments that he has here on this earth. And Christ is saying, just let go of all those things. Going back to that idea of surrender. Surrender all of that. And find what you're really looking for here in me and uh, you know so much of what we're talking about I I didn't even think of the word surrender as we were kind of you know I I was thinking about okay what are we gonna be talking about today and living in Christ but uh, yeah it's so evident that that idea just surrendering is so apparent here in the conversation we're having. Father, let's go to the phones here. Um, I want to throw out the phone number again, 888-914-9149, 914 888-9149, uh, if you want to call in and talk with Father Ethan Southerd here today as we're talking about remaining in Christ and surrendering our will, allowing God to work through us. Uh, Father Mary Ann is calling us from New Jersey. Uh, Mary Ann, welcome to the program.
1: Uh, good afternoon. Thank you i um there is a surrender prayer i Jesus i surrender myself to you take care of everything and that is where we're we're saying i surrender myself and if i and I need help and understanding because i thought father said that we don't surrender ourselves to God in Christ that he gives us the grace to do it but I, I need help in understanding the I am doing it versus what we should be praying, or am I missing, I'm missing something. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Marianne. It's it's great to hear from you, and, and that's a beautiful prayer. Um, I was just reading what Paul had written, so uh, this is just what St. Paul is saying. He says that God is the one, for his good purpose, works in you both to desire and to work. So it's, it's God, it's, it's actually God's own uh, power in us that desires us to be saved, that desires us to surrender, and it's, it's God is the one within us who is actually able to do the work to, to surrender and to actually to bring us to salvation. So it's good that there's a desire within us, but that's even God. If, you know, God is the one who's putting that with that desire within us, and then God is the one who fulfills it. So if we try to go out and fulfill it, this is what St. Paul is saying in Philippians 2. He's saying, yes, work out your salvation. But he says, but remember that it's God who's the one
0: in you who's doing it. Father, as you're talking about that, too, you know, that this really brings up that question of cooperating with God's work, with God's will, and how much really is there on our part. And I think this goes back, it reminds me of a conversation we had with another priest here um, several months ago about understanding God himself as well. You know, that God, you know, we might think that God is waiting to act, but God being God being who he is, he is always being perfectly that fulfillment of who he is. So it's not like God could be doing more, because he is infinitely good, infinite love, all these things. And so the things that he can do, he's already doing, we just have to be willing to say, I surrender my will to you, God. Please draw me into yourself. I, I, this is a really kind of deep theological, philosophical concept to get your head around. But it's, it's so important for us to have that understanding of God and not saying, well, God's just waiting around to do something when I finally decide I'm going to do something. No, God is always at work, and he's at work to the greatest possible degree. We're the ones resisting and we have to have that cooperation, but also at the same time, that cooperation, like you say, that comes from God and him willing us to himself.
2: Right, and I think that goes back to uh, what we were talking about with the Ephesians, where he begins, you know, the, the writer just begins right from the beginning, he says, God you know blessed be god the father of our lord jesus christ he has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens so that you know everything god is continually pouring out his life his love his blessings upon us he's not waiting for us to say okay now god i'm ready he's not waiting for us to be good He's not ready, waiting for us to surrender. No, God has already blessed us. And then it says, the very next verse, this is verse 4 in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, he says, As he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. So that's, that's God's intention. That's our destiny is that we will be holy and without blemish. But this is the key, as God chose us in Him. In Him, in Christ, in Him. And and God is pouring all the blessings. So, if again, it goes back to Adam and Eve. If we start to reach, if we say, well, I'm going to be holy, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be good, I'm going to be without blemish, let me do it, God says, you're closing you're closing the door. He says, I'm giving you every spiritual blessing. Just receive it. Just let me let me do this for you. So it's there's a, a disposition in our heart, in our being, let it be done unto me according to your
0: word. Mm. Uh. One of the other things that might be good to talk on here, and this is <laughs> this is a conversation where I want to be cautious that we're not creating maybe more confusion than giving clarity and answers. But as you're talking about, you know, God chooses us before the foundation of the world, before the world ever existed. He chose us to be with him, to be holy, to be with him. Very next sentence, Paul says there in the opening chapter to the letter to the Ephesians. It says, in love, he destined us for adoption to himself through Mm. Christ. And that idea of destiny, you know, we're starting to get into these philosophical questions as to fate and free will and choices we make. And how can we properly understand how God does choose us, how he has even destined us to choose him, Yet there is that free will to where we can then say, on our own, in cooperation, let it be done unto me, just as you were saying, Father. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that, like you said, that's our destiny. It's It's been our destiny from the beginning of the world, and so God is moving within us. He's inspiring us to, to participate, to respond, and it's his desire within us to actually be um be able to say that it's it's his spirit moving like saint paul says um and and John goes back and he talks about that um just about uh the love it's it's you know in in first uh john he's he talked about um it's not that we have loved God, but it's that God has loved us so um, it's not what we're doing in in terms of earning. But it's, um, but it's in it's in the receiving and being in that relationship with God, where it's it's not us trying to do anything or prove anything, but but there is, um, when you're in love, you're you're just responding with love and for love. You don't have to to prove it or to earn it. You can just you can just be it. I, I don't know if that's making it more confusing, but it's it's a again it goes back to John 15. You know, abide in me, remain in me, um, remain in my love. And so if, I guess this would be the maybe a different way of looking at it. It's like the fruit. So if we're allowing God's love uh, to be within us and to come up within us, you will bear fruit that will last. It's going to be beautiful fruit. But if we go and we start to shift into us doing things for God, and, and we're taking all of that upon ourselves. It's almost like there's plastic fruit. or We're, we're making something that's, it's our own making, but it, it hasn't been a, a fruit that will last. It's just gonna pass away.
0: Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Kathy who's listening in California. Kathy, thanks so much for calling in. You're on the air with Father Ethan. Hi, good afternoon,
1: good morning. Uh, Thank you for the show. I love this uh, topic today in regards to surrender. Um, That's kind of where I am at this point in my journey in life. Um, One of the things that I was hearing that you share is that even in our surrender, we have to surrender. And I thought, you know, it just kind of made sense to me uh, when you said that because it's not a matter of saying, well, which I'm starting to recognize in my walk. Um, you know, I'm, I'm surrendering to you, um, you know, do with me according to your will. But I think sometimes um, in my particular case, um, you might, in my mind, have some, um, some particulars that I might want for that surrender. And I'm realizing God wants us to surrender just because we love him, not for the results that might occur because of that surrender. Um, you know, we want to be close to him eternally, but I think what he ultimately, want, ultimately wants for us is to surrender just just for the sake of surrendering and not for um, what we might be getting out of it. And I don't know if that's what I'm hearing from you, but that's kind of what's resonating from uh, this conversation. Mm.
2: Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Um, yeah, it, and it's not just the, like you're saying, it's not surrendering just for the sake of surrendering, but um, there's, there's actually, when, when we're talking about, you know, Christianity, Christianity, you know, is Christianity because it's, it's Christ's own life um we're we're in in the mass we say um, through him with him in him so that's that's it's christ's own life in us it's christ's life in us it's no longer I who live paul says in in Galatians it's Christ who lives within me, so it's in christ that's the surrender that's that's the goal of of or the desire of god it's 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 not just for the surrender but it's for that union you know paul or uh, jesus says in in john in his last prayer john 17:21 uh he says so that they may all be one as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be in us and so it's that union it's that life of christ in us it's that communion with the father the son and the spirit that's Christianity, and so that if if we're going and and trying to make it happen, then we can't make that happen. It's a gift, and so you know Saint uh, Irenaeus, Saint um, Thomas Aquinas, um, you know a, a lot of the great uh, spiritual authors are those who have gone before us uh, who speak about you know the glory of God is humanity fully alive. But, but humanity is fully alive only in Christ. So there's, you know, Thomas Aquinas and Irenaeus, they said that, that God became man so that man may become God, but it's not that we become the big God, <laughs> but it's that Christ is living within us. The glory of God is humanity fully alive, but it's only possible when our humanity has come to the fullness of what it's created to be, and that's in Christ. So that's that's the the purpose of the surrender it's a, it's a joint venture it's a it's a joint venture it's god living within us so we continue to live but but it's priced with with god living within us
0: Kathy, thanks so much for the phone call today. And again, our phone number, if you'd like to call in and talk with Father Ethan Southerd, you can call 888-914-9149, 9149 As we're talking about how we live in Christ, how we exercise and allow God to help us in exercising that surrender in our lives, saying, let it be done unto me, God, whatever your will is, however you want to live through me. And uh, again, phone number 888 We'll also talk a little bit about some of the practical application of this in our lives. We've got a pretty good <laughs> a base here of understanding what Christ is saying in some of these different passages in Scripture. We've talked about what St. Paul has talked about here. So what are the next steps? How do we take this and then live this out in our lives? We'll talk about that coming up next here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. welcome back to the inner life today here on relevant radio and the relevant radio app i'm josh raymond and so glad to have you here with us for this hour as we're talking with father ethan southard a priest in the archdiocese of los angeles discussing how we have that unity with christ how we live have our being in christ and the way that we surrender our will and rely on god even for that surrender itself uh, it's been a fascinating conversation so far if you've just joined us i hope you'll go back and listen to the entire hour the podcast will be posted uh, just shortly after the broadcast ends you can find that at relevantradio.com or on the relevant radio app uh, father ethan before we go back to the phones um let's talk about the way that we can approach this concept we've been talking about so far this hour we want to surrender the words you've you've quoted there, um, you know, let it be done unto me according to your will. Mm. Let it be done unto me, God. So we have to pay, play a part in this, but we also have to recognize that even the surrender that we want to give, we're relying on God for that ability to surrender to God himself. So how have you seen this play out in your own life? If, if somebody says, okay, I kind of get the concept, but now what? How 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 would I understand that I really have taken some steps to allow God to work so that He can allow me to surrender to Himself? How have you seen that in your own life?
2: Sure, um, there's there's a an example or two that come to mind. But first, I just um, you know I moved to Los Angeles, and for for a number of years when I was in the seminary, I lived in Reseda. It's not too far from from Chatsworth, and you may you know recognize the the town Reseda uh from if we have any karate kid or cobra kai i know cobra kai's a big show on netflix right now but uh but karate kid fans you'll remember in in the original movie uh so that was based in Reseda and so i live there and then there's there's a scene where the karate kid daniel LaRusso, he's going to to meet with mr miyagi and he wants to learn karate so he's got all this ambition all this excitement and so he's, Mr. Miyagi, teach me. I want to go. I want to learn. And so Mr. Miyagi says, okay, great. And so he hands him a, a sponge. And he says, wash the car. <laughs> and Daniel's like, okay. And so he starts washing the car, and then he, he waxes the car. So he waxes the car, and then now, now paint, paint the fence. And so he teaches him how to paint the fence. Now sand the floor. Sand the floor. He's doing all these exercises and all this, you know, paint my house. And so, um, and then he just gets so frustrated, and he's just so out of it. He's, he's given up. Mr. Miyagi comes back at the end of the night, and, and he says, show me this. And Daniel just says, I, I don't want to. I've been washing your cars and sanding your floor. I've just been working for you, painting your fence, and you haven't even taught me karate. And so then Mr. Miyagi comes and you know, goes to make a move, and then all of a sudden, all of that time that he spent practicing, you know, washing, he was learning all the the deeper technique. And so all of a sudden it became clear, you know, in the moment, Daniel didn't understand what was happening. He thought he was just being taken advantage of and, you know, being his servant. But no, he was actually giving him this deeper understanding and, and trust. There was a trust that was growing. And those skills, he started to shine bright in the dark. And so when the bullies would come, you know, Daniel was the karate kid, you know, he was ready. And so um, that's the, you know, be it done unto me. I remember, you know, when I was, you know, 20 years ago when I was kind of just starting this, this spiritual journey in, in a deeper way, it was, it was being done unto me. And I remember, you know, I, I, I was starting to go to church and, and to pray and, and spend, you know, some time kind of getting serious about stuff. And then my car was stolen and I worked on the other side of town. And so, all of a sudden, I'm just thinking, oh man, my my car's stolen! How am I going to get to work? How am I going to get to church? How am I going to do all these other things And I started taking public transportation. I would take the bus or the the subway, and all of a sudden, what I thought was this you know horrible inconvenience or it was going to take away from you know where I was going in my life. It actually freed me up. Now I had all this extra time to read the Bible when I was on the bus, <laughs> and I could—I was praying the Rosary, and it, it freed me up. So then, eventually, a few weeks later, you know, the the police found my car and and, and I got it back. Um, I was almost kind of disappointed. <laughs> I didn't want to drive anymore because God was was gifting me with with these great things. So, you know, Saint Paul—he he was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. He was poisoned, he was beaten, all these things happened to St. Paul, and yet, as it was happening unto him, somehow, you know, Christ's life was just radiating through him and all those struggles and difficulties. Paul didn't go, didn't, you know, start out and saying, I'm going to be shipwrecked, I'm going to be beaten today, I'm going to be in prison. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That wasn't his point. You know, he was saying, I want to go evangelize. And and so somehow you know it was happening unto him, and and that spirit of God was so alive within him, it was Christ's own power that was was living and moving through him. So, yeah, it is a joint. I, I love that too. It's Christ's life within us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I love that, Father, because as you're talking about Paul, or you're talking about yourself having to ride the bus, and you're finding yourself with extra time for reading Scripture, for you know uh, contemplation. That goes back to what Paul says then, that we believe all things work for good for those Mm -hmm. who love Christ. And so if we look for how is God wanting to use this moment, this moment that might seem really difficult or inconvenient or problematic in my life, how is God wanting to use this for the good of his kingdom? And maybe we don't see the whole picture right now. But when we look back, we can say, oh, this was an opportunity that God gave me. And now I can see more clearly. And I think that's, that's always a great way to look at how has God proven himself. Look at those ways he's spoken to us and given those opportunities in our lives. Uh, Father, let's go back to the phones uh, quickly here. Sure. We're getting down to the end of the hour. But we've got Father Spencer who's calling us from Los Angeles. Hi, Father. <laughs> Welcome to the Inner Life today.
3: Hey there. hey there. Hi, Father Ethan.
0: Hi, Father Spencer.
3: Hey. So, um, I just just listening to you guys talk, especially actually just this last part, but um I it reminded me of uh something that happened a couple nights ago. We we have a couples ministry here in our parish and we were reading um a, a scripture passage that was relevant to marriage because some of the the um People in the group are preparing for marriage, and it was 1 Corinthians 13, where it mm-hmm. says, Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious. And one of our uh, uh, leaders, uh, her name is uh, Nitra Gill, and she's been through every sort of terrible thing, just like St. Paul, that you can imagine over the past year. Her daughter almost died of COVID, her husband almost died of COVID. Uh, She's been in and out of the hospital just all these different things, but she um, uh, Reminds me of what you were saying just about Christ radiating from within and she said okay now I want everybody uh, Instead of saying love is patient. Love is kind. I want you to say I am patient. I am kind I am not envious and so we all went around (laughs) and said those words and it was so difficult for everybody to share that because we all know that me You know, Father Spencer or, you know, Anitra or whoever, you know, I'm not that way. Um, But when everybody said it and we were listening to one another, it was so beautiful to hear that from people. And it was, there was a truth to it. It wasn't just that it was hard to say, but it was true because I recognize Christ in me, Christ in Anitra, Christ in all these people. Christ is in us. Is patient. Is
2: kind. Is mm-hmm. not envious. Wow. wow, Father Spencer, that's that's so beautiful. I would have loved to have been in that, and I think I feel like I was in that circle uh, with you and and that couples ministry and and Anitra as you're as you're sharing. I am patient. I am kind. I am not envious. But it's only in Christ that we could say that so beautiful.
0: Mm, That is. Father Spencer, thank you so much for calling and sharing your experience. And uh, it really goes back to just understanding that all of it comes back to our life. Our whole being exists in Mm -hmm. Christ. Uh, Father Ethan, we've got about 20 seconds for a final blessing here for our listeners before the hour concludes.
2: Yes. Well, thank you. And before the final blessing, I just want to give a shout out uh, to my friend Shelly Merrill, it's her birthday today. So happy birthday, Shelley. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Uh, to, <laughs> happy birthday to all of us with Christ's own life living within us. So the Lord be with you. And may Almighty spirit. God continue to bless you with every spiritual blessing from the heavens in Christ. In the name of the
0: Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again. The podcast will be available at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained here on Relevant Radio. We'll see you on Monday here on The Inner Life.